podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together, we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. The blind man stood on the road and cried, crying that he might receive his Reconciling Congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message.
As he walked along, he saw a blind man, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, it is he. Others were saying, no, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, then how were your eyes opened? He answered, the man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes and said to me, go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, where is he? He said, I do not know. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had formerly been blind. Now it was a Sabbath day when Jesus made the mud and opened his eyes. When the Pharisees also began to ask him how he had received his sight, he said to them, he put mud on my eyes, then I washed, and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not observe the Sabbath. But others said, how can a man who is a sinner perform such signs? And they were divided. So they said again to the blind man, What do you say about him? It was your eyes he opened. He said, He is a prophet. The Pharisees did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they called the parents of the man who had received his sight and asked them, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered, we know that this is our son and that he was born blind, but we do not know how it is that he now sees, nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him, he is of age, he will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Pharisees, for the Pharisees had already agreed that anyone who confessed Jesus to be the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. Therefore, his parents said, he is of age, ask him. So, for the second time they called the man who had been blind, and they said to him, give glory to God. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered, 
I do not know whether he is a sinner. One thing I do know, that though I was blind, now I see. They said to him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered them, I've told you already, and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? Then they reviled him, saying, you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not, do not know where he comes from. The man answered, here is an astonishing thing. You do not know where he comes from, and yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners, but he does listen to one who worships him and obeys his will. Never since the world began has it been heard that anyone opened the eyes of a person born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered him, you were born entirely in sins, and are you trying to teach us? And they drove him out. Jesus heard that they had driven him out, and when he found him, he said, do you believe in the son of humanity? He answered, and who is he, sir? Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and the one speaking with you is he. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, I came into this world for judgment, so that those who do not see may see, and those who do see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard this and said to him, Surely we are not blind, are we? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have sin. But now that you say, We see, your sin remains.
thank you for the gift of music. One of the things that Jan R., my spouse, and I really appreciate about Epworth is the quality of the music. So we, we are grateful. Will you join me now in the words of preparation printed in your bulletin? Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Kristen on Friday uh, said to me, I'm hoping you have a sermon in the file. And I said, no, I don't keep a file because the world is different every time and the scripture and our lives and my perspective. But I said I would be happy to write a sermon. So on Friday evening, I had a sermon draft and I read it to my spouse, which has been my pattern for decades now. And at the end, she said, I don't like it. My defensive self responded, well, it's kind of short notice. <laughs> but on reflection, I decided her point, she had a point. <laughs> so I wrote another draft. And then Saturday morning, I woke up around 4.45, and I realized that take two wasn't really it either. <laughs> I remembered the advice of Lutheran bishop and preacher, Kirster Stendhal. He suggests to preachers, that one find a place in the text. And that, he said, is where it's a place that maybe you've paused or you've been curious about or doesn't seem quite right. And he said, that is the place where you ought to insert your exegetical can opener. <laughs> now, um, exegetical is just a fancy word meaning to draw out the meaning. And he was talking about one of those old-fashioned can openers like this that I went and dug up out of the Epworth kitchen because <laughs> I don't even have one at home anymore. But you know, the purpose of the can opener, some of us remember how it works. You, you put the point in the can and you make a hole and then you're able to let some of the stuff that's in the can come out because you've created space. So this morning, I want to apply the exegetical can opener to two specific places in the ninth chapter of John. These are the spots where I lingered and I puzzled and I wanted to learn more. First, and this is the longer of the two points, I linger at the process Jesus used to heal a man born blind. Other places, Jesus speaks a word and healing occurs. But here, there is no dialogue with the man born blind. In today's story, Jesus heals in response to his disciples' question, did this man sin or his parents? And it's the wrong question, because the answer is neither. This blindness, Jesus says, will reveal God's glory. But then Jesus takes some dust, some earth, some dirt, mixes it with his saliva until he has a kind of a paste, and then he puts this mixture over the man's eyes. It's a very physical and actually somewhat gross maneuver, I would say. But 
I wonder if this process might tell us something about the nature of what we call miracles, because this healing miracle is made of the materials right at hand. Earth, the same substance that God used to fashion us, according to Genesis, Adam, which is the Hebrew word for human, from Adamah, the Hebrew word for dust. Jesus takes this earth and mixes it with his own spit and puts it on unseeing eyes and instructs, go wash. And so the man does, and when he returns, he can see. This season of Lent, some of us at Epworth are reading a book called This Here Flesh by Cole Arthur Riley. Riley has experienced many difficult circumstances involving her body, including a childhood rape by a church deacon and a debilitating and difficult to diagnose illness as an adult. She is acutely aware of the connection between spiritual and physical. And she writes, and here I quote, the spiritual realm is so enmeshed with the physical that it is imperceptible. The physical and spiritual cannot be disconnected, and it is difficult to tell where one ends and the other begins, end of quote. When Jesus mixes earth and his own body to create a healing paste, I think he demonstrates a truth that becomes increasingly clear in our world. All creation is connected. Healing happens in community, and community is not restricted to people. We need the earth as part of our community. This week, I attended a Zoom session that was focused on the role of faith communities in the global climate crisis. The organizers seek climate justice, which is a little different from climate action because climate justice seeks a culture of care and cooperation where all life has value, what some might call the beloved community or the kingdom of God. The guest for this session was a young woman, Pato Kelasitsi, a climate activist who lives in Botswana. Some of the information she shared was not new to me, but its urgency took on new life because a young African woman who lives in the reality of the statistics was speaking at 3 a.m. her time from the continent that bears the brunt of Northern Hemisphere consumption. Africa, for example, produces about 3 to 5 percent of global emissions, yet 600 million Africans are not connected to the electrical grid. Think about that. Pato drove home several points that resonate clearly, and here is one. What's right for people will usually be what's right for the environment. Pictures of the devastation from Cyclone Freddy destroying homes and lives in Malawi and Mozambique and Madagascar during this past week underscored the urgency of her message. And she pointed out that when flooding hits the United States, 
we do have infrastructure and some way to respond in a fairly short period of time, but the situation in many African countries is quite different. Pato's work involves advocating for resources for indigenous peoples to do what they know well, which is care for the earth and for each other. And as I read today's scripture, the scene near the end of the story reminds me of Pato's plea. So when the man returns from washing his eyes, Jesus is apparently gone. Most of the rest of the story involves people arguing about what happened. The absurdity is hard to miss in the ridiculous and repetitive dialogue. Is this really the man who was born blind? No, it must be somebody who looks like him. It's me, says the man. I'm the guy. Not persuaded, the onlookers call his parents. Is this your son? Was he really born blind? Well, yes, he's our son, but we don't know how he was healed. Ask him yourself. The religious leaders get stuck on the rule against Sabbath healing, which, by the way, is not really a rule, as any observant Jew will tell you, because the need for healing trumps Sabbath observance. There's a little bit of pejorative... Uh, uh, John is not happy with the religious leaders, let's put it that way. And the man with the restored sight gets exasperated by having to tell his story again and again and again. I already told you, he said. <laughs> Finally, he says, look, I don't know how Jesus healed me. I don't know whether he is a sinner, but what I know is that I was blind, and now I see. And never in the history of the world has someone blind from birth regained sight. The religious leader is desperate to hold on to their status. Dismiss the man. Are you trying to teach us? It's an interesting question about who is really blind in this story. Heavy consumers of the earth's limited goods often respond to indigenous peoples in the same way. And we are all losing because the creation is showing us every day that depleting Earth's resources is a path of global destruction. Indeed, we have much to learn from our neighbors in the Southern Hemisphere. The second place I put my can opener in today's story came when I looked at my Greek New Testament. At one point, when the onlookers are arguing about the identity of the man whose sight was restored, the man exclaims, ego eimi. That's a Greek phrase that the English translates here, I am the man, but in Greek, it simply means I, ego, eimi, I am. And I say, wait a minute. That's Jesus' line. That's what Jesus says all through John's gospel. I am. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. It's a name that resonates with Jewish readers as the name of God revealed to Moses. I am who I am. 
And never before in 40 years of preaching, 43 years actually, have I noticed that anyone other than Jesus has that line. That's a surprise. Several commentators point out that in this story, Jesus disappears after the man is healed. But one scholar suggests that we look again. Because the healed man, the man who was born blind, actually looks very much like Jesus. Think about it. Here are these characteristics of the healed man. The crowd questions his identity. The man declares, ego a me, I am. The man speaks clearly throughout the dialogues, but is disbelieved and discredited. He is accused of being a sinner, and he challenges the Pharisees with both sarcasm and truth. Does this healed man not look like Jesus? Is John suggesting that we encounter Jesus even when we think he's gone? My friends, I propose that this story is about us and about our world. We are the disciples sometimes asking the wrong question. We are the man born blind, the fearful parents, the religious leaders. We all seek healing. And it will come from Jesus, who is in our midst always embodied in each other and in the very ground on which we stand. So may we take the leap of faith that connects us to God through one another and through all creation. Healing is possible. Thanks be to God. On bended knee with needy heart we come and Listen to your children.
You've been listening to the podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. Well, old blind body must stood on the way blind. Blind body must stood on the way. Well, old blind body must stood on the way crying. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Well, old blind body must stood on the way blind. Blind body must stood on the way. Well, old blind body must Turn on the way, crying, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. In my God Bible in the book of James. Christ went healing the crippled and the lame. He gave to the poor and the needy bread. Healing the sick and raising the dead. And then when it came to Galilee, he saw a man that could not see. Well, the man was blind. He was blind from birth. They tell us that his name was Blind Bartimus. Well, old Blind Bartimus stood on the way. Blind, Blind Bartimus stood on the way. Well, old Blind Bartimus stood on the way, crying, Oh Lord, have mercy on me. When Bartimus heard that the Lord was nigh, he fell on his knees and began to cry. Oh, thou man of Galilee, cried, great God Almighty, have mercy on me, cried, oh, Lord, Mary's baby, oh, Lord, son of David, bleeding lamb, oh, my God, from Bethlehem, cried, oh, My Lord stopped, he turned around, he saw blind Bartimus on the ground, and he touched his eyes with the palm of his hand. Bartimus saw like the natural man, he cried, Thank God, Mary's baby, thank God, son of David, leading lamb, my God from Bethlehem. Well, old blind body must stood on the way, blind, blind body must stood on the way. Well, old blind body must stood on the way, crying, Oh Lord, have mercy on.